Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. The jazz session is sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. This is episode 352. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music. Find them at respectsextet.com. Thanks to Dave Rabel for the show's logo. Find him at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. All About Jazz carries this show on their website, allaboutjazz.com, and they've got a widget that you can install on your website. And if you do that, let me know because I'll feature you in my newsletter. To get the widget, just go to allaboutjazz.com and type in Jazz Session Widget in the search box. And to get the newsletter, go to thejazzsession.com and click on Mailing List. This show is member-supported. It is free to listen to. It always will be, but it is not free to make. And in order for me to continue to make the show, I need you to become a member. A bunch of people have joined recently, which is really cool. I'm very, very excited about that, and I thank all of them. In fact, you know what? I should be thanking them by name. Stay right where you are. I'll be over here. Actually, you know, I can bring this whole thing with me. Let's go over to my computer, shall we? I think we shall. Let's, let's, cross, let's cross the palatial space of my bedroom or as I like to call it, Jazz Session Headquarters. And let's open the most recent copy. Just bear with me for a moment, would you? I think you will. I think you probably will. Let's open the most recent copy of the Jazz Session newsletter. I think I already mentioned you can go to thejazzsession.com and click on mailing list, and each week you'll get the newsletter. And it has direct links to that week's guests and usually some other links of interest. Let's open up the new one for uh, March 1st and find out who joined recently. New members! Uh, Patrick McCurry? Oh, yes, Patrick. Patrick, whose uh, kids listen to the jazz session in the car. Uh, you know, somewhat against their will, uh, but who uh, who have actually requested it by name. Uh, Adam Starr, Philip Nelson, Ron Weinstock, and John Mason. Thank you all so much for becoming members. That was definitely absolutely worth it because people deserve to be named by name. Hey, coming up on the show, by the way, and I know none of these are going to cancel because they're all recorded. Uh, of course, we have Amy Cervini today. We'll get to in just a second. Uh, the singer Ed Reed, Craig Peterson from Ottawa, Tierney Sutton, uh, Champion Fulton. Wow, a lot of singers coming up. Nate Woolley, uh, Myra Melford, the Raya Brass Band, which is a little far afield of what I normally do, but was a fantastic interview. Uh, the great drummer Billy Hart and Patrick Cornelius all coming up on the show, which is which is pretty cool. That's uh, That's most of March, I think. Okay. Did we do – did I ask you to join? I think I did. Thejazzsession.com slash join, 10 bucks a month or more. Do it. Thank you. My guest today is the singer Amy Cervini. She's got a new record out called Digging Me, Digging You, which is a tribute to Blossom Deary. I should mention, if you're listening to this as it's released on March 5th, 2012, Amy actually is playing two nights in a row – uh, tomorrow night, March 6th, and the next night, March 7th, 2012, at the 55 Bar in New York City to celebrate the release of this new record. Uh, the album, as I mentioned, is a tribute to Blossom Deary, and given that one of my sons has this name, there's really only one track I can use to start the show, and it's this one. friends he's got very big connections and i follow his directions bernie knows his way around and so i always do what bernie recommends i am blessed with my attorney bernie 
I'm impressed with the way he runs the store. He's got Dodgers season boxes and an office full of boxes. It's amazing all the different things your average guy might need a lawyer for. Bernie tells me what to do. Bernie lays it on the line. Bernie says we sue, we sue. Bernie says we sign, we sign. I'm in touch with my attorney, Bernie, in a clutch. He can speed right to the scene. And if I'm locked up in the jail with just one phone call for my bail, he said to call his club collect. Or deal directly with his answering machine. When I dine with my attorney Bernie, he buys one from the rare imported rack. That's my guest once again is Amy Servini, and it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You've got a new album, and the only reason I have it in front of me is because because of my advanced age, I can never remember if me or you comes first. So it's digging me, digging you. I don't remember, and it's my record, so... <laughs> okay. Yes. I don't feel quite so bad. <laughs> uh, and it's it focuses on the work of, of Blossom Deary, interpreted through your own lens, and so let's not shy away from the obvious and ask why Blossom Deary. Well, you know, um, the one of the first competitions I ever did, um, I played saxophone and sang, and they said you know, wow, I can really hear the influence of Paul Desmond and Blossom Deary. And I had no idea who either one of those people were. So I did my homework. I, I nodded and smiled very politely as a good Canadian. And then I went home and checked it out and fell in love with Blossom. And I think, I think what it was more than, I mean, it's not particularly her voice. It's certainly unique and, um, uh, not unattractive to me anyway. I know people who, who don't like it, but I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's pretty. Um, but it's the, the feel that just blew me away from the very beginning. And, um, something about the simplicity. I feel like I connected to that. I'm not a, a singer who, you know, um, sits in sound, if that makes any sense. I think it makes sense. Um, so, and I, I don't think that she does that either. It's a very simple delivery that uh, focuses on the words and the feel. Uh, can you, and this can be very brief, but just give a little sketch of who she was? Yeah, Blossom. So Blossom was a pianist and a singer. Uh, she spent time in New York and also in France. She did a lot of stuff in France. Um, her... She was a pianist for a really long time and then she started singing, uh, doing some, she did some vocal group stuff, um, it, while she was in France. And then when she came back to New York, she did a bunch of recordings for Verve. And then I think the most fascinating thing about her, I mean, she was a character, certainly, from all the stories I've heard. Character is probably, um, a nice way of saying it. Um, but she, I mean, I just heard an interview with her the other day and she really was such a, like, an amazing character. Um, but when she came back to New York, she was, oh, the, the most interesting thing I was going to say is that in the 70s, she started making her own records. Before, I mean, now everyone does it, that you have to do it. But in the 70s, not everyone was doing it, but she just decided on her own, on her own, own label. label. Yeah. She started her 70s, 80s, 
whenever it was, it was far before everyone was doing it that way. She started Daffodil Records and just started doing it herself the way she wanted to do it. And that, you know, sort of says a lot about who she was as a, as a human being. Was she, where did she kind of rank in, in popularity or exposure in the jazz world, do you think? You know, it's funny. I don't, I think among uh, a certain crowd, people knew her, but she certainly wasn't, I mean, you don't talk about her in the same breath generally as, you know, Sarah Ella. She's not, she's just not up there in terms right. of popularity. Um, and I think part of it was because of her voice, you know, because it was such a distinct sound that people really just either liked it or didn't like it. Um, and so I don't think she was, she certainly wasn't up there with them, but she, you know, she recorded for Verve for a while, at least four records, I believe. So she wasn't nobody, certainly. Um, and she was playing up until, you know, maybe two years before she passed doing a weekly weekends, actually, at Danny Skylight. So she, she I think Blossom has sort of a cult following. Sure. I would say that more than, you know, the, the general, you know, music for lovers, Ella, Sarah records that you get she's not on there given the the reality of that did that enter in at all to the equation of whether you should make a record that focused on an artist that a lot of people weren't going to be familiar with? you know i actually think that was a plus for me mm. um the more people find out about her the i i think that's part of the goal you know for me i, I would love for people to you know hear this and say, oh, Blossom Deary, I don't know that name. In fact, there's a, a journalist that told me that he didn't know much about Blossom Deary until this record, and then now he can't stop listening to her. And that's just, I think that's amazing. That's exactly what, not exactly, but that's a lot of what I'm going for with this. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, the truth is that I'm paying tribute to her for a very specific, or uh, a handful of very specific reasons which are unique to her. So it wasn't even a question of, you know, to tribute, to pay tribute to her or not because of her popularity. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that you just wanted to do a tribute record. It was that you wanted specifically to focus on Blossom Deer. Exactly. Music, right? Exactly. I have eyes for you to give you dirty looks. I have words that do not come from children's books There's a trick with a knife I'm learning to do But everything I've got belongs to you I've a powerful anesthesia in my fist And the perfect wrist to give your neck a twist Hammerlock holes, I've mastered a few But everything I've got belongs to you Share for share, share alike You get struck each time I strike Me for you, you for me I'll give you plenty of nothing I'm not yours for better but for worse And I've learned to give the well-known witch's curse I've a terrible tongue and a temper for two But everything I've got belongs to you When it came time to choose repertoire, how did you pick from among all the things that she did? Which yeah, was that lot. was hard. That was really hard. And I would ask people, so what's your favorite Blossom? And everyone had a different answer, some of which I had never even heard the tunes. So I finally just had to sit down with my favorites 
And I wanted it to be a good uh, selection of standards that she did that she made her own because she was very specific about what standard she would sing. Um, she wouldn't do just anything. Um, and also some of the, the newer composable, well, newer in her time, newer composers that she championed. And then some of her songs because she wrote a lot and some are great and some are, you know, tunes. But there are some really great, really great tunes. And, you know, I just had to finally, like, I decided not to do I'm Hip. And I think everyone is like, wow, how can you do a right. tribute to Blossom <laughs> without doing that tune? But that was the whole thing for me. It was It's such a Blossom song that I couldn't picture myself singing it authentically because it's hers. It's just her song. That yeah. was the one that I couldn't imagine opening my mouth and making it somehow mine because it's hers. Yeah, the only other version of that song I've heard that I think – kind of holds water is the Frischberg Duro pairing right singing it and yeah. that I mean they're contemporaries and they are of that same kind of school of uh, you know kind of quirky jazz performance exactly and, yeah yeah I couldn't and even just the, the lyrics are I mean they're dated at this point sure so I had a hard time imagining singing those lyrics and being authentic <laughs> yeah who are some of the uh, the more uh, contemporary to her composers that she championed that you mentioned uh bob duro and and frischberg i mean those are the sure. those are the two um the two she also had another i mean she did the michel legrand and she was big huge on michel legrand uh talking about him as the greatest composer ever to live um i may display my own ignorance here but was that from her time in france you know i forget where they met i believe that's where they i believe that's that's where they met. Okay. Um, and she found she's, I think she was quoted as saying that the song that I ended up putting on there once upon a summertime was the best song ever written. And she actually, um, there's all these stories and some of them, I mean, they differ from reading to reading where I, where I find them. But this, the story goes about that one is that, uh, miles heard her do that. And, let me see if I'm getting this right. Miles heard her, or Gil Evans heard her play that and brought it to Miles. Either I forget who brought it to who, but that's how it ended up on that record was from hearing Blossom do it. Wow. So, you know, she was she hung with the with the cats. You know, she was sort of the because I think because she played piano, she sort of hung out with those people. And Bill Evans was apparently loved her piano playing, which sort of blew my mind too. That you know, some a heavy like. I mean, she's a she's a great pianist, but her she's not known for that. Sure. Jill Evans is known for that, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she she really sort of affected people. Once upon a summertime, if you recall, we stopped beside a little flower stall, a bunch of bright forget-me-nots. Was all I'd let you buy me Once upon a summertime Just like today We laughed the happy afternoon away And stole a kiss at every street cafe Sweeter than the blossoms on the tree I was as proud as any girl could be 
Will you talk about the arrangements on this record and and maybe start by talking about kind of what the intention of the arrangements on the record was? Yeah, you know, um, so the arrangements are all done by my husband, Odette Lavery, who's also the producer of the record. And we wanted to, um, I sort of left it up to him. This is the first record, actually, that I've done where pretty much my hands are sort of out of the arrangements. Um, some of the, it's, some of it's really loose. The quartet stuff is pretty loose. And, you know, we just got a chart and decided what to do. And Odette maybe gave us shape ideas, but, sure. you know, it was, it was fairly loose. Um, but the, but the five horn stuff was definitely, it was just all him. And we wanted to give it, I mean, the dream was big band and Odette writes so well for horns that it sounds bigger than it is. So it's only five horns, but you're like, wow, that's swinging big band sound but it's you know it's five horns so um the other thing we wanted to do with it is sort of recreate this old school vibe in terms of the how we recorded it we did it all in one day no rehearsal so the charts had to be simple enough so that you could read them down and not waste a lot of time in the studio you know rehearsing but also you know good enough so that they would they would come across and sound the way you wanted them and then you know you have to add that with finding the right musicians who are going to make that happen for you and frankly the right engineer because we did it all in one room all the horns and the only people in iso for this recording were uh drums and myself we should say that in other words people in isolation booths yes sorry by themselves not in the room with all the other musicians yeah yeah. (laughs) sorry the only people who were in in a booth by themselves were were matt wilson and i drums and voice and so everyone it's all live in one room so part of it you know and james farber was just the only the only choice i mean he he if not for him there's no way we could have done this in one day the way we did it um because you know i think it takes a lot of it takes skill to record like that. And I think people are used to being able to do overdubs and being able to record the horns separately so you can fix things. And we j- there's mistakes on this record. There are mistakes. That's just, but I'm fine with it. In fact, I love it. I think it's great that there's some life, that it's not totally, you know, auto-tuned and perfect. And I think that's, that's part of the tribute, you know, to another time where people went in and they made a record in six hours. I mean, this was not six closer to eight or nine, but still people used to do it that way. They didn't spend three days and then another three days tracking vocals. I mean, and just even that is ridiculous that we spend it's, it's excessive. If you spend six days making an album in any other world, the idea that six days is an excessive amount of time to spend an album. You spend like six months in a barn in upstate New York writing the tunes, yeah, and then you spend two years making them bit by bit in I you know. Know, a Greek island or something, and then your <laughs> pop record comes out, and Jazz is like, dude, we spent two days in the studio. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow. <laughs> Whoa! How did you get all that time? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Every state has something. Its Rotary Club can boast of Some product that the state Produces the most of Rhode Island is little But oh my It has a product anyone would buy Copper 
comes from Arizona. Peaches come from Georgia. Lobsters come from Maine. The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska. And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain. Oh, whiskey comes from old Kentucky. Ain't the country lucky? New Jersey gives us glue. You said a minute ago that a, a big part of it was choosing the right musicians, and the, the players are just ridiculous on this record. And can you mention who they are? Yes. So I am constantly pinching myself that this this happened, and that these are all the best part about this is I I've been I'm going to preface this if you don't mind by saying that it sort of um, bothers me sometimes. I'm a big band person. I love playing in bands. I love having, you know, a relationship with the people I'm playing with and not just meeting them on the session or on the gig. And it bothers me when people hire big, huge names for their record and they never played it before. I think you hear that on the record a lot of the times. I am lucky that all of these people are my friends somehow in this, you know, crazy city. I have become friends with these amazing musicians. So, Bruce Barth plays piano, Jesse Lewis on guitar, Matt Aronoff on bass, Matt Wilson on drums. That's the core, my core Which is crazy. Team. And, and I have to say to people, uh, if, if anyone doesn't, everyone is going to know Bruce and Matt, certainly. But anyone who doesn't know the playing of Jesse Lewis and Matt Aronoff, get yourself to wherever they're playing. Because I really think they are two of the finest musicians playing in New York these days. I mean, just two, just everything they play is perfect, as far as I can hear, in every context I ever hear them. It's, it's crazy. Don't tell. It's a secret. I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just waiting for the time where, you know, they say, Amy, I can't play with you anymore because I'm going on tour for the rest of my life. I really am just, I hope that 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 is with me because I just really am, I'm waiting for that to happen. They're both amazing and, you know, nice people to boot, which I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Um, we had James ship on a few things on percussion and vibes. Um, and then the horns, Anat Cohen played clarinet, Jeremy Udine on alto saxophone, Avishai Cohen on the trumpet, Josh Sinton on Barry, and I think that someone told me, I forgot to credit him on one of these songs. Uh, he plays the great Barry solo on Doodlin, mm. on the Doodlin song, and Jen Wharton on bass trombone, and then we had the cellos, and that that's another arranging thing. Oded came to me and said, I'm hearing figure eight. I wanted to do something from Schoolhouse Rock because Blossom Deary was one of the voices on Schoolhouse Rock. And I love figure eight. So I said, I really want to do this. And he was like, I'm hearing eight cellos. And I said, listen, I don't hear, I can't hear that. But if you hear that, I trust you. I'm hearing the sound of checks bouncing. That's what I <laughs> Really? Um, but he did it and he was right. I mean, it's really sort of a magical take on that tune. And we did five cellos with three overdubs, which saved us a few pennies.
figure eight has double four. Figure four has half of eight. If you skate, you would be great. If you could make a figure eight, that's a circle. I'll mention their names. Yair Evnin, Ruben Codelli. I think I'm saying that right. Sorry, Ruben. Uyed uh, Nir, Jesse Regan, and Alex Waterman on cellos. Uh, I, I don't want to give Matt Wilson any more airtime than he deserves, but are you, are you currently wearing uh, an Attitude for Gratitude bracelet? I am. It's these great purple bracelets, everyone. And if you come to any of Matt's gigs coming up in the next few months, you will get an Attitude for Gratitude, which is the name of his new record um, bracelet with his, his website <laughs> info on there as well. Swag. Matt's all about the swag. It's fantastic. <laughs> so... Uh, we, we've talked about this before, I think, both in the Jazz DIY video that we did and I think maybe even the last time you were on the show. But this idea of uh, kind of being okay with singing standards and being okay with just letting the songs be the songs. But I thought maybe we could revisit that a little bit and talk about that, particularly in the context of doing an album that not only is an album of many standards, but also really an album of, of kind of somebody else's music through your through your lens. Right. Um, can you talk just a little bit about that, about your opinion about this kind of repertoire? Yeah, you know, I feel like I've never really done, I don't sing standards that often. Yeah. Um, partly because I feel like there are so many people who have done them so well that I can find other avenues and I can find other songs that might, you know, might at least somewhat live up to that same sort of standard um, in terms of songwriting. But in doing these particular, Blossom, Part of her thing is that she chose repertoire so brilliantly, and she wasn't just choosing all the songs that everyone was doing. She she had real reasons, and I, and I think that I that's one of the things I took from her from a very young age was that sort of responsibility in terms of choosing repertoire that that you can do whatever song you want, and as long as you make it yours, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. But you have to also choose it for a good reason. You mm. know, she she refused to do songs that didn't have lyrics that touched her in some way because she was like why why would i sing that song and she was like i can't memorize it if it doesn't make sense to me either so i don't i just don't bother to sing it sure um you know and people like holly cole is another one that for me just in terms of repertoire she just opened my eyes like wow she did tom waits before it was cool to do that you know now it's sort of cool everyone you know is doing Joni mitchell and leonard cohen and but holly cole did that a long time ago you know and so I think that no matter what it is, whether it's a standard, it just doesn't end up being standards for me. So whether it's a standard or a different tune, as long as I find something to really connect to. And part of these standards, if you think about them, everything I've got, funny song. I mean, I think it's hysterical. And that's why I'm able to sing it because I'm like, you know, telling a little joke on stage yeah. and Rhode Island also funny and no one does that one. So that's another, you know, I'm sort of introducing people to that song. And Rhode Island really is the Canada of the United States. Well, so. let's be honest. Yeah. That's, There's that's a connection true. There. Mm -hmm. um, T for two. I found out that those, well, this isn't again, I'm not sure. It's a story I read that the lyrics were placeholder lyrics. They never intended those to be the final lyrics. <laughs> and I think that's, it makes it almost even cooler yeah because and it makes a lot of sense it does make a lot of sense because <laughs> they're ridiculous because they're just 
and it doesn't make me feel bad for changing them a little bit. Right. Like I, you know, I switch it around in terms of point of view, and I actually sometimes sing it. Um, I don't cook, so for me to say. I will bake a sugar cake just sounds like a disaster to me. So sometimes I say, you will wake and you will bake a sugar cake for me to take <laughs> for all the boys to see, you know, because that's my truth. And knowing that those are not, those lyrics were not toiled over sort of right. makes that okay for me. <laughs> um, you know, and Down With Love, too. It's another sort of humorous. She had this this light, humorous thing that I'm super attracted to. And the rest, I think the rest of the songs on here are not done that often. I think those are really the ones that are sort of in the, 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 the repertoire. Yeah. Can you say more about, about humor and where it kind of fits into your delivery? And yeah, you know, I think that's, um, uh, always been really important for me in terms of my life too. It's, uh, it's been an escape for me, humor in any situation. I, tend to be the one making jokes and you know and um part of that is of course we'll get on the couch for a second you know a defense mechanism and all sorts of things but i've come to sort of a place where i realize that it's an important part of me because i am certainly very canadian as has been mentioned maybe 17 times already <laughs> but and i and i'm a libra so i'm trying to make everyone happy and that includes myself. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's something that I do in my life. Just try and find humor and light in situations. And it's something that I really enjoy doing on stage. I mean, I think that's also part of a big part of it is seeing a reaction from people when you're singing a song. If people laugh when I'm singing, oh my gosh, that's like, that's, it might as well be, you know, cocaine or something. It's such a great feeling when people, I would, it's, it's also, don't get me wrong, it's really great. I've had people bawling tears. That's also extremely, um, I mean, it's, it sounds horrible to say fulfilling, but it is. I mean, it, it gives you this like, wow. Assuming it's when you're singing was, a sad song, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're singing T for two and the guy in the front row is crying. It's then, a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, Although I would, I would argue that the way that Blossom did T for Two is a little more <laughs> longing than the yeah, cha-cha version that, that happens sometimes. Um, but there's something so beautiful about seeing people smile in general, like mm. just in a general way that if you can, if I can make people laugh with song, I mean, that's just, I'm sort of a music theater geek way down deep in my soul. And that's part of that, you know, is being able to make an audience laugh is, is pretty amazing. I'm discontented with homes that are rented, so I have invented my own. Darling, this place is a lover's oasis where life's weary chase is unknown. Far from the cry of the city where flowers pretty caress the street. Cozy to hide in, to live side by side in Don't let it abide in my dreams Picture me upon your knee With tea for two and two for tea 
Just me for you and you for me alone. Nobody near us to see us or hear us. No friends or relations. On One thing about your your. Uh, previous uh, Loveful record that we talked about on this show and a lot of the other tunes that you play in your shows is that, as you said, they are from kind of closer to our era. And so I think they come with some built-in context for people around our age, you know, maybe with, with 10 years on either side. But they, I think it places the context of jazz singing more in uh, some realm where those folks, folks about that age and maybe who aren't well-versed in jazz can can grab onto mm. so with this record where you really are pulling from a, a bygone age do you do you feel like on stage or anything that there's any other kind of context you have to put around it or is it just based on the performance you know i'm about to i haven't actually started touring this record yet i'm about to start uh the first one is coming up and and what i've done and i hope it'll work is i've sort of included things that i think blossom would have appreciated so I'm doing sad songs and waltzes, you know, and I'm doing um, the Nellie Mackay, I want to get married, because I really think, well, I think Nellie and Blossom would have just been yeah. a hoot together. I can't even imagine those two in the same room. It would have been amazing. Um, but I think I'm I'm trying to surround this material with material that I do or have chosen to do in the in the past few years. To put it, I think you're exactly, I mean, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say this can sit beside this. And I know that you know sad songs and waltzes maybe, but hey, you know, doodling song is just as silly and cute in a, you know, in a older school kind of way. Mm. Um, and that's, I, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know how it's going to, how it's going to come across. In fact, someone, one of the advertising for one of my shows is all about, all the new stuff that I do, the new, not this new record, but the, the sort of the repertoire that I do. And I was just, I just saw a tweet go by that says something, it's a Green Day fan club tweet saying that I'm going to be singing songs at Winterfest on, and I'm just, that's not in the repertoire. I'm not going to do that tune, but, but it's interesting to, that people are, you know, that people sort of hang on to that. But hopefully, hopefully they'll, you know, they'll dig this repertoire just as much it's not like i'm singing all of me that everyone's like oh geez my grandfather used to sing that right. you know these songs people might not know that attorney bernie is is an older tune sure yeah. you know if they haven't heard it before do you think you'll say anything to people about blossom when you're i think so um i i want people to know that this is a tribute to her i think that's important i think it's important to set it apart from sort of just another standards kind of record. Right. Because this really, it really does have a larger mission than it is probably the most fun record. I mean, it's just, I keep thinking about it and just thinking, wow, it's just fun. You just put it on and it's, it's really, you know, there's no other purpose except for to make people smile and to make them know about Blossom Deer, you know, and we're not changing jazz here. We're not, you know, it's that's not what this record is about. It's about uh, swinging and having a good time and letting people know about the great choices that this woman made. If folks are listening to this interview on the day it's released, then today is March fifth, two 
2012. So can you talk about the shows that are coming up right away? Yes. So March 6th and 7th, I will be at the 55 Bar in New York City with um, a lot of the folks from the record, actually. Uh, Jesse Lewis and Matt Aronoff and Matt Wilson, Anat Cohen and the lovely Nadia Nordhaus, um, instead of Mr. Avishai Cohen will be there. So it'll be a full house on, on that tiny little stage there at the yeah. 55 bar, but <laughs> we're looking forward to it from seven to nine, both of those nights. And then I go to Canada for a little bit to tour up there. I'm doing dates in Waterloo, Ontario and Ottawa and Toronto. And then in April, go to Vancouver and Edmonton, Canada. Wow. And so far, that's, that's what we have going on. you join the group it's better than being a party poop obligato pizzicato guy lombardo it's the craziest when you noodle with a doodling song two three four liked it so much i'll doodle some more little softer perry como even softer pianissimo say you love me with a doodling song, B, C, D, oh, what you doodly do to me. Say you love me, really love me. Say you love me, Drew. I love you. Say you need me, please believe me. When you do, that makes two. Go together, bet your boodle. A real ball. You've been putting on a, a series, I think there's been enough of them now to call it a series, of duet shows at 55 Bar. Can you talk about those? Who's been on them and, and what was the genesis? You said that just a little bit right now. Yeah. Um, so part of it actually was a laziness thing on my part. I, my, None of my bands, I have these, you know, I have two bands, working sort of bands that I love to play with. And neither one of them could do a date that I had at the 55 bar and it pains me to just hire random people and do random tunes it really bothers me and I don't have fun and I think it's really evident from an audience perspective and I never want to sort of put that energy out there so I thought oh it'll be I'll just invite my friends and colleagues to come sing with me it'll be easy well it is not easy at all <laughs> and it is a lot of work for me it is, however, once From we a logistical get perspective, logistically, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's just a nightmare to try and figure out what to do with everyone and then try and rehearse with everyone. And then I need to get all the bands. It's a lot, lot, lot of work. However, once we get into that moment where we're on stage, it is just illegal fun. It is so much fun and it's been so successful from a, you know, everyone who's been there. So we've had, I had Janice Siegel and uh nikki schreer schreer comes out every time and dazzles people with her virtuosity and She's, her unpronounceable last name yes schreer yeah. but I, at least i'm doing it kind of right now i was yeah. way off before uh and jack donahue came out and hillary gardner and carolyn lenhart and uh richard roland and gene Rowe. 
I'm forgetting people from the first night. Was uh, Melissa Stiliano? Melissa is always there. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Uh, Melissa Stiliano. And I'm sure there's other people that I'm totally spacing. Seth Fruderman. Um, just so much fun. We have another one coming up on June 7th. That's not really coming up. Also at the 55 bar. Yeah, I actually just am announcing here for the first time. Got a residency at the 55 bar. So I will be there the first Thursday of every month. Wow. Yeah. Fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. And are you going to use that as a kind of workshop? space or will it be one of your working bands or you know the first one's going to be jazz country because it's been a while for us we haven't played in a while so we're eager to get back um i think that's the next project so kind of i'm antsy which is a band with matt and jesse who we mentioned yes earlier. yeah jesse lewis and matt aronoff and then um i don't know what's after that and then i figure i'll do some of these duet nights because i mean janice siegel is always like when's the next one when's the next one and you know, I haven't been able to get Peter Eldridge, but I think, fingers crossed, he's going to be able to make this one. And, you know, there's a long list of people who I would love to to have on these because it's just been so much fun. I mean, my part of me just wants to have the same – oh, Faye Victor did I was just going to yeah. say, when you were saying that, I was just thinking, yeah, there's yeah. another person who kind of came out of left field and it was really fun to it listen was, to the two of you together. Man, that's the other thing about these duet nights. I mean, I didn't mention it's fun, but I feel like I have the most fun because I get to go – I mean, these are – diverse singers everyone has a different a totally different vibe so i was able to sing you know straight ahead jazz really like you know with janice eagle we just went back and forth improvising doing all sorts of you know wackadoo fun improvising and then did totally free stuff with faye that was equally as fun to me i mean i am someone who can i think because of my education i went to new england conservatory and they're so and also my past, you know, I was a classical musician and I, I'm so open to sort of any style. I don't, I love when it's free. I love when it's swinging. I love everything in between, you know. So for me to be able to on one night with with someone else as a sort of like, uh, as a as a foil, to do stuff like that, to do a free version of, what did we do with Faye? We did um, Bjork Unravel and yeah. we did People Are Strange. And Faye before the... I mean, if you don't know me really well, you would not think that I would be into this, but she came up and she was like, I like to do like really free off the top and like, I might end up doing animal sounds and stuff. I do like really weird things. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm in. And I think it's shocking to some people that I would actually, and I was in both feet, hand, everything. I was all in with the animal sounds right from the very (laughs) beginning. And that's shocking a little bit when you hear, especially this record. I mean, you would think that I, you know, was shooting straight down the middle in terms of style, but I'm happy. I'm just happy to have fun and to explore anything really yeah. in terms of the music, you know? So tell folks where they can get, and I'm going to flip the record over again, <laughs> digging me, digging you, because I know I was going to screw it up. <laughs> so the artist choice for where to get it is at anzicstore.com. Which but, is A-N-Z-I-C store.com. Yes, exactly. I would have said Z, but Z is also acceptable. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> But also, it's certainly, it's available on Amazon and iTunes. And if you still have a record store, it might actually be there, too. It's not on the Barnes & Noble in Union Square, just for the record. <laughs> Plus, they've they've made that section now half as big as what it was. Yes, yeah, about, there's about four records there. It's, so It's yeah, extraordinary. If you're not one of the four in rotation, yeah. then you're... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, <laughs> certainly, there. <laughs> 
My guest is Amy Cervini. The new album is Digging Me, Digging You, and I highly recommend it. It's been great to talk to you again, and thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Down with love, the flowers and rice and shoes. Down with love, the root of all midnight blues. Down with things that give you that well-known pain. Take that moon and wrap it in cellophane. Down with love, let's liquidate all its friends. Moon and June and roses and rainbows. And down with songs and moan about night and day. Down with love, just take it away, away. Take it away, take it away. Give it back to the birds and the bees and the bee and me. Down with eyes, romantic and stupid Down with sighs and down with Cupid Brother, let's stuff that dove down in love Midnight blues Down with things that give you that well-known pain Take that moon, wrap it in cellophane Down with love, let's liquidate all its friends Moon and June, roses and rainbows And down with songs and more about night and day Down with love, take it away, away Take it away, take it away Give it back to the birds and the bees and the bee and knees Down with eyes, romantic and stupid Down with sighs, down with Cupid Brother, let's stuff that dove that's music from Amy Cervini and her new CD, Digging Me, Digging You. Don't forget, Amy is at the 55 Bar in New York City for CD release parties for this album, March 6th and 7th, 2012. And she's actually then on tour in various places in the U.S. and Canada, so uh, check out her website, which will be linked in the show notes at thejazzsession.com. What else? Become a member, please. Thejazzsession.com slash join. It's the only way the show keeps going. The show is free to listen to. It is not free to make. And uh, I really need your help. So become a member. And thanks to all those people who joined recently. And then get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.